0: Hello friends and welcome to your first Monday after the Saturday before Kings of Anglia, Ipswich Town podcast of the season. I am Mark Heath, I'm your host. Ipswich Town season kicked off at Portman Road in front of loads and loads and loads of fans. The sun of course always shining as it does on the first day of the football season. They didn't quite get the result um, but there was a lot of positives to take from what was a really good day at Portman Road. To break that down with me, two of my fellow Kings, uh, Hutchie, was at Wembley last night watching the Lionesses win, so he's probably drunk on a, on a road somewhere in London as we speak. Uh, and the big porker, Mike Bacon, I think, is an old London town again, touting his book around uh, various uh, Netflix, etc. publishers, all that sort of business. So today joining me, the doctor, Stone Cold, Stuart Watson. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank
0: you. Superb. Excellent to be in your company, virtually as it is. And, of course, the brand, the prodigy, the prospect, the hair, the beard, the man I like to call simply Roscoe. How are you?
2: I'm okay. i got a bit of a tickly throat this morning, but I won't complain. Um, it's coming over and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's always to, it's always good to be in your fine company, gents.
0: Ah, lovely. So, obviously, you were out uh, having it last, last night as well, Rossi. Um, you were watching the ladies yesterday, weren't you, in a friendly? And then there's a bit of an event after that. Is that right?
2: Yeah, so yeah, they lost against Charlton 2 0, but it's pre-season fitness all that 90 minutes in the legs Um, and then yeah there's a fans forum so the true blues and um, other fans who wanted to ask questions to the players and the coaching staff which was a good event and uh, yeah they also held the game there as well but I didn't stay there I I just went to um, my girlfriend's mum's and uh, she made me a lasagna and uh, banana bread which
0: was top tier
2: banana bread very nice
0: banana bread often overlooked in in terms of of a cake but absolutely tremendous when when done correctly. Got to be up there, I'd say. Well then, boys, before we get on to the game from the weekend, uh, obviously there's lots to talk about. I thought we'd talk about the day itself to begin with, because there was a whole lot of build-up, felt really good going into the day. Um, And as a day, I thought it delivered in droves. Um, The fan zone was absolutely buzzing. Uh, Sitting pre-match in the the town media room, there were a couple of guys from, from Bolton, um, and obviously, the media room, you look out over the fan zone and they were saying, wow, essentially, this this fan zone is tremendous. And kind of lamenting the fact it was roughly double the size of theirs, um, which is great. Uh, Ross, you were, you were out and about among, mingling with your people, the fans. What, what did you make of it as a day? Because it, it felt to me like there was a real, real buzz. It, it just felt really good.
2: It was very good, very muggy. I was sweating in before I got to the stadium. Um, enough of that, though. But now it's great to bump into many listeners. Uh, big shout out to everyone there. Um, of course, a lot of the KOA Army uh, who travel. Like quite... The Sweet Mouth Prince Harvey Davis did a 10-hour round trip. I'm sure there's maybe other people who did maybe longer trips, but props to him and props mm. to everyone who, who travelled on the day. But no, it was a great day all round. Open Day is always got that buzz in it. For the Open Day of the season, you, know, you, you never know what's going to happen. Um, you, you know, So many different town shirts as well, which is great to see. All the new shirts, everyone wearing those fansome was bouncing. Um, food beer was, was all go. And um, a big shout out to Mark Steed. Um, I forgot to give him his sunglasses. He, he said, Roscoe. And I went, Oh no, I forgot. So, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll finally give it to him at some
0: point. I think he can afford uh, to soak up that loss. Uh, I know he had his, he, some new, some new sunglasses to replace them, Rossi. So I reckon he's probably doing all right. Um, Stuart, it's the start of your 12th season. I think I'm right in saying it's, it's my 12th season as well. A sports service. so it must be your twelfth covering Ipswich Town. The opening day is always a special day in any football calendar, um, uh, but now it feels like there's so much more to be positive about the town. What did you make of it as an occasion before we get today, and how does it does it compare to kind of previous kickoffs at Portman Road you've been part of?
1: Yeah, first day is always special because it mm. gives it's whatever's whatever happens the season before. The great thing is it's a, it's a whole reset, and you can dare to dream again. What's different this time around, I think, I mean, that feeling of optimism and positivity was just palpable. Um, I guess we should probably not convince ourselves that this is the first time we've had that feeling. You know, we have been here before, and and it's easy that you can kind of, um, you can forget about that. But it Mm. it does, there was, I don't know, it was just something in the air, a crackle of expectation. It just felt the thing that struck me, it's always the first game always feels very vibrant in terms of colors. Mm. I don't know why, whether it's just the weather, the new kits and everything, but what the first thing that struck me was quite how many replica kits there were. It was just a complete sea mm. of glue and everyone wearing that new shirt. You know, we knew that there was record record sales of those, but that was pretty eye catching. The fan zone was, was absolutely rammed as, as you guys said before the game. Um, so yeah, it was it's just always it's always special that first day and it's um it's yeah, it the game itself sometimes doesn't always sort of live up to that because it can it can go one or two ways, can't it? It can either sort of really inspire or it can add a little bit of nerves and edginess in, in into the play and, and, and that's what we got in, in the first few exchanges. But um yeah, I guess we'll
0: come on to the game in a minute. We will, friend. Let's not get carried away. There's still a few other things to talk about before we get to the game itself. Uh, one of those things, because I know people are interested in this, after the power of bacon brought in new food to the press room, a brief review of that food, uh, Stewie, because we were treated to beef bourguignon with herb-buttered potatoes in the in the media suite on Saturday. For, for the likes of Rossi, there was also sausage rolls and pies. Rossi, I think he just went sausage roll, grabbed it, left, went out to meet the people. Um, but I very much enjoyed, from mass catering dish, boys, that beef bourguignon, although not really very seasonal for the time of year, quite quite uh, warm and, and heavy on, a, on what was a very hot day. I thought it was really good. Tender chunks of beef stewy, real nice hunks of, of mushroom and little baby onions in there, rich, maybe a touch salty, but um, very, very good indeed for a, for a free meal pre-football. Certainly beats a pie on its own with no side pieces. We're sounding very ungrateful here. We've spent Mike Bacon has
1: put all this groundwork into getting the food changed over months. And Ross has gone, nah, don't want that foreign muck. Grabbed himself a sausage roll. And you're going, a mm, bit, bit salty for me. <laughs> a bit too wintry. Just, just chuck it back in their faces.
2: I'm just going to say this. You mentioned it. I just don't think it was. It didn't have that summer vibe for me. You know, I just oh, I thought a sausage roll I, was easy to eat. If anyone's listening from Ipswich Town, I liked it
1: and I'll be there every week. So thank you
0: very much. Keep it it coming. It was absolutely (laughs) nice. But maybe, you know, let's bring a bit of seasonality in. You know, maybe a heritage tomato salad would have been lovely on on that hot day. Uh, Anyway, yeah, it was great. Uh, And Marcus, we saw Marcus pregame and asked him about the Mr Whippy machine that Mike has now uh, requested. And apparently that's in the pipeline. So, boys, I reckon they'll have that in for December. Um, I
1: assume he'll get his own sort of pump in front yeah. of where he sits. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh the other thing we should mention is before we get on to the game was um Ross has always touched on it. Great to, to meet so many of the KA army on Saturday. Uh walking with Stuart Watson before the game was like walking, I can only imagine walking with Tom Cruise around Cam. Um Watto was 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 uh spotted in a compromising position with one leg over a fence as we made our way to the game. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and a few other people stopped us. Lindsay uh, came up to us. Very nice to meet you. Uh, And a bunch of other guys and girls. So tremendous to meet so many people. Glad you all had a good day. And without further ado, boys, let's talk about the game itself, shall we? Um, 1-1, Ipswich Town Bolton. And Stu, you mentioned there in terms of the day, it it felt like everything was pushing towards this um, climax of a a huge town win. Uh, But for the first 30 minutes or so, it was a bit flat, wasn't it? Uh, because Bolton kind of came out smothered town a bit. Um, the heat didn't help, uh, and obviously they took the lead through through an early penalty. Um, so, what did you make of the opening exchanges, Stuart, and that penalty?
1: Yeah, I, I in my um, boot room preview with yourself. Oh, here we I, go. I here we I've, go. I've, this will never happen again, I don't <laughs> think. So, I'm I'm going to put this on record. I got the team exactly spot on, and the scoreline spot on. You and did. as we sat there before the game started and, and the the music was booming and the hairs on the back of the neck stood up, I said to Andy, not only did I say I went for one one, I said, I think Bolton are gonna lead, might get a little bit edgy, the subs will make a difference and it will be one one. Um okay, the equalizer came before the subs. But I think that's a that, that was a pretty good set of predictions. I'm not sure I'll I'll get there again. But um yeah, it was it was an edgy start in as you say, hot, sticky, oppressive humid heat it's not the usual sort of glorious sunshine of an opening day it was it was just sort of very very muggy wasn't it and um I think the phrase is swamped has been used quite a few times from Bolton they they pressed high they stopped Ipswich being able to kind of play out from the back and get their possession game going the defense were quite often forced to to sort of bypass the midfield and and go long Uh, and Bolton sort of kept up picking up the bits and pieces and um you know, coupled coupled with that, they get they get the lead through a pretty soft penalty um, from Leaf Davis run, just running across the hills, soft slash clumsy, wh- wh- however you want to describe that one. And and to go one nil down after what 20, 25 minutes, you're thinking big big test of character now, big test of that sort of running towards adversity mantra that uh, that the owners have been uh, have been, really been pushing over the last few months.
0: Mm. Penalty, Rossi. I don't know where you were pitch side. I don't know if you were close to that, that sort of area. But from where we were up top, my first reaction was, whoa, that's soft. Mm. Um, and then I, I asked a few people who obviously watching elsewhere and uh, a bit close to the action. And they all said they thought it probably was a penalty. It's one of those ones where he's given the ref a decision to make, hasn't he? To use a, a footballing cliche, he's kind of run across him. And Davis has stuck his, his foot out kind of instinctively and he's given... The opportunity there to go over and he duly did what were you were you close to that rossi where you were
2: i was the other side of the goal at the north stand so I unfortunately didn't have the best of angles but um once again you know i last around at half time i went and asked some of the people you know i think I asked good old bonner from the view from the u2 and um yeah it, it, it looks soft but yeah, Leif Davis made that referee's decision, really, because the player got into the box and he put his toe out and it's, just, oh, it's one of those, really. I think if it comes against you, you're like, oh, oh but when it's for you, you're like, yes, yeah, penalty penalty all day. But yeah. um, it's one of those moments in games. It just happens, doesn't
0: it? I think had it been at the other end, everyone would have been saying that that should have been a penalty for town. So, yeah. uh, you know, although it was potentially soft. They Probably, got a bit of
1: fortune building up to that, having looked at it back, mm-hmm. they had a free kick sort of on out on the left near the halfway line and and then I think it was Johnston who took it, and he completely sort of miscued it, and the ball kind of skidded across the pitch past one or two Ipswich players and um Bolton kept it alive on the right. and then a little exchange of passes, and the ball was actually behind Connor Bradley, and it kind of clipped clipped his heels while he was on the run and and that kind of, turned Leaf Davis. Um, so that, they had a couple of little breaks of the ball building up to that goal. And, and for all we're saying, Bolton had started well. They hadn't exactly sort of carved open loads of chances. they just kept Ipswich, Ipswich penned in. So mm. the goal, even though Bolton had started the better, the goal still felt like it kind of came out of nowhere a, a little bit. And, um, you know, we'll talk about the rest of the game in a minute, but ultimately Bolton got to the end of this game having one shot on target which was which was the penalty and the goal so um
0: yeah Ipswich's response from that was was really good wasn't it? It was cheey and that brings us perfectly on to town's leveler. We'll go back to obviously Davis and the other debutants in due course what what's wrong rossi?
2: Glaxon claxon
0: <laughs> perfectly teeing up then Ipswich town scored from a corner in their first game of the season something they haven't done since the ice age. Um and it was beautiful, Stu. Connor Chaplin, clever little move with Lee Evans, clearly won again, cliche claxon from the training ground. Um, drills it low back to a running Evans, who I've got to say finished it with a plum, Stewie, because it it wasn't exactly teed up perfectly for him to, to finish. He still had some work to do, uh, and he finished it really well.
1: He did, yeah. It would have been easy <laughs> just to kind of uh slash at that one, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, but obviously knew knew where it was coming and, and just concentrated on on good connection side foot lifted it high into the net. Maybe the if I was if that was going against Ipswich, you'd be probably thinking maybe the goalkeepers got mm. got impeded a bit. Um, but yeah, a goal. When was it? I, I, I honestly don't know. I gave up going back through the sort of the the, uh, the games to find the last time Ipswich scored direct from a corner. Um, certainly is the first that's happened under McKenna. I remember them scoring a corner at Plymouth just prior to McKenna coming in, but that was kind of second second phase of play when George Edmondson headed in. So we'll be going back a long way to find one of those. And and they nearly they nearly did it again in the second half. Bolton nearly got caught out by the exact same one. Connor Chaplin put some really good succession of of good corners in. There was I think three in a row where. He really mixed it up. Evans got his head on on one at the back post and forced a good save. Chaplin swung one right in underneath the crossbar that that got Mm. punched away. Um, So it's pretty clear that Ipswich have worked hard on set pieces over the summer. So that that was good to see because set pieces can get you out of jail. They can get you out of trouble. On the days where it's not quite going for you, as it wasn't on Saturday, if you've got a set piece threat, if you can score a goal from, from one of those completely changes the uh, complexion of the game. And and um, and um I think that goal did, because if Ipswich had got in at half-time 1-0 down, team talk's different, the mood's different, mm. gives Bolton something to de- to really defend in the second half. So that was
0: massive. Mm. From a resilience point of view, which obviously one of the buzzwords from the summer, Rossi, um, it would have been easy, wouldn't it? And McKenna actually said this in, in his post-match press. So it would have been easy for heads to drop and the fans to start to think, oh no, here we go again, we've had this before. Big build up and we're gonna lose at home <laughs> on the on the opening day of the season. Um, but it was so important, wasn't it, that they, they showed that resilience and, and got that goal before half time, that's like Stewie says.
2: Yeah, um sort of go back quickly on set pieces. Sometimes I don't even bother watching it as so oh, we're not gonna score from this. But um, this time hmm. I went, you know, I'm believing in these boys, I'm believing in them, and uh yeah, I think that just brought the stadium back to life a little bit. Um, as you said, I'm sure there's some fans going oh, here. We go, same old itch, switch going behind. Bolton, though, fair play to them. They're a good side. Mm. Uh, although, you know, we were better off than definitely in the second half. Um, but, yeah, I'm pleased that the ball you got stuck in. Uh, Morsey, I'm sure, was not happy uh, with the first 20 minutes or so. Um, but hopefully now we can, you know, come
0: back from losing positions and get a point, get a win. Um, mm. And that's just good to see. Lee Evan said after the game, that that particular routine that had been added to the game plan on Thursday at the training session, that um, that corner uh, move with him and Chaplin. As you say, Stewie, tried it again in the second half. He also put it on the head of Evans, didn't he, as well, from a corner. So clearly they've got some chemistry, some hookups there. Uh, right then, after half time, there was only going to be one winner, wasn't there, boys? Town were all over them in the second half, um largely thanks to the subs we come on to in due course. But the final kind of key moment from the game, if we're talking just key moments, is obviously Sam Morsey's miss, Stewie. At the end of the game, Wes Burns races away down the side. Everyone's off their feet puts it in perfect to Morsey steaming into the box like he's he's proven that he can do and he just fluffs it it, it comes onto him in stride on his left foot I guess which is probably not the foot he'd wanted ideally um but everyone everyone was up weren't they and then oh, oh
1: the roof would have been yeah absolutely raised because Ipswich had been knock knock knocking on the door in that second half. Um <laughs> Bolton's high press those muggy conditions was always going to lead to a bit of physical fatigue. I think once Ipswich had got over some of those early emotional nerves, the game completely flipped and um, the substitutes injected some, some real energy. And um, yeah, that would have been one of those goals where you can kind of see it, as you say, sort of unfolding in front of you. Got Mm. Burns nicked it on halfway just ahead of his marker. Then you get that huge roar. We had our heads down at that stage, sort of writing intros and getting stuff. And then that roar, you know, all the heads in the press box snap up. You see Burns yeah. charging down there and you can see it unfolding before you. You can see Morsi sprinting, you can see the ball being tucked back. Um, it was all there. And um sadly, um, the shot lacked a little bit of conviction, didn't it? Left left footed, didn't really get hold of it and um straight at the goalkeeper who saved saved with his legs, which was which was such a shame because I, I think him that second half performance deserved deserve three
0: points. Mm, absolutely. I thought Morsey generally was was absolutely tremendous though in the game itself. We'll maybe come on to kind of standout performers in, in due course, but I thought Morsey was brilliant. Um, so that's the game itself. Uh, let's talk about the debutants, boys, because that going into the game, I guess, was with the kind of interest when you see the team, which as you say, Stuart, you absolutely nailed spot on. So three people making their their full debuts at Portman Road. Leaf Davis gave away a penalty, um, Marcus Harness, and, of course, the striker, Freddie Ladapo. Um, Roscoe, what did you make of, of those three on their debuts? Clearly, one of them would probably not be happy. I don't know if all three of them may not be happy, but certainly Leif Davis, you would say, come away, probably thinking I could have had a better debut.
2: Yeah, I you know, coming in straight away, you know, fair play to the lad. He's just come back for Australia, and I know he's had a bit of pre-season with Leeds, um, but he's only, you know, met his teammates, you know, Monday, Tuesday, whenever it was. So, him coming straight into the team. Um, and, yeah, not the greatest of debuts, you know, tripping the player for the penalty, then getting booked as well. Um, and, of course, getting subbed off is never great. But it, it, that was probably maybe on the cards, possibly, maybe from McKenna. Maybe he was that was always going to be the plan on the mm-hmm. hour mark, whatever it was. Um, because, you know, Greg Lee has done really well in pre-season. And that segues nicely onto Greg Lee. Um, so he also made his debut. Um Adapo, I thought, worked hard Um and I thought he did what he could do. I know there's been a few people sort of moaning about it already. Why hasn't he scored? He's our striker. He should be scoring the goals. I'll put 22 goals. So that's one game now done. He hasn't scored. But um I thought he worked hard Um and I just think he just got knackered at the end because he, he was up front on his own. Um And then Marcus Harness, once again, he did what he did, but he didn't really stand out for me. But I Think you know it's, it's early doors for him, but uh, but overall, uh, Lee Davis not a debut to remember for him.
0: Yeah, there was one. There was one point, wasn't there? I mean, obviously he didn't have the best debut, but there was there was a couple of times in the second half he kind of got to open his legs up and go forward, um, which I was pleased for because that would have given him some confidence before he, before he came off. What did you make of the debutants, Stewie? Those three that I've just mentioned. Yeah. That- <clears throat>
1: The debate around Davis and Harness has to be framed by the fact that they've, you know, Harness was less than a fortnight ago. Davis straight off the plane on Monday to come to Portman Road and and sign. Um, I can see why McKenna wants to, you know, the two guys that they've spent a little bit of money on, wants to just get them in and get them up to speed. Some managers might have said, oh, well, you know, we'll hold fire. And that would have been easy to do given the form of, um, Greg Lee and Tyrese John Jules in in the warm up games leading up to it. Just think, we'll hold the new guys back, but McKenna took took the view that we'll just chuck them in at the deep end. They're going to be important players to us, so let's 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 get them going. And I think Ross is right. The plan was always, um, judging from what McKenna said afterwards, to, was to kind of give them an hour mm. and then make that double change with um, with Lee and John Jules coming on. And um, there's no doubt about it. Ipswich's left side functioned a lot better. Um, I think you've always got to say, and and we talked about Ladipo a little bit there. I I thought he had a, I thought he had a pretty decent game actually. It's it's always hard playing as the lone striker up against three mm. centre halves, particularly one you know big man in Santos who he, he had a really good battle with, and I thought he sort of um, you know maybe landed a few of the uh, the body punches that sort of butt- buttered them up a little bit. That's um, you know it's easy to then go, oh the subs did amazing, but then you're coming on against tired legs and it's set set up for you a little bit better so more to come from from both davis and, and john Jowell uh, and harness far too eat far too early to uh, to judge them i think but um all credit to the substitutes who who came on and, and made a real difference
0: yeah that, i mean that's probably the main talking point coming away from the game i would say is the subs just going back those two i definitely agree with you on Freddie Ladapo. I've seen some comments after the game saying, Oh, we still need a striker, all that kind of stuff. But I thought he worked really hard. Coming in from Rotherham, one of the knocks on him was, Is the effort there? Does he does he put forth the effort? What's the work rate like? And I thought he was tremendous in that regard on Saturday. Um, clearly a big physical guy, really knocking knocking people around um and making a nuisance of himself. And I've got to say, if he continues to play like that for the rest of the season, I'll be more than happy with him. Um, yeah,
1: what I liked about him is I think sort of from pre season I I'd got it in my head that his biggest threat was sort of running in behind, running the channels, doing all Mm. that, you know, pace. But from what I saw on Saturday, he can also sort of drop in and back to goal and quite strong and hold, hold the ball up and and link a little bit as well. So that, that made me a little bit more confident that he's got some, some all rounder qualities that are certainly required to, to play that, that central striker role. Um, it wasn't like he had a hat full of chances or anything like that. They were sort of half chances that that came his way. So I, I thought his all-round game was was pretty decent. And I think he helped sort of lay lay the foundations for um for that late push from Ipswich
0: when the fresh legs came on. Fresh legs then, Stu, perfect segue. Subs came on, um, four of them in total. Uh one scandalously left on the bench. We'll come on to that in, in due course. But obviously, First off the bench was was Greg Lee and Tyrese John-Jules. Now, I've already said for me, Morsey was the standout performer. But if you ask me behind those who stood out for me, I'd say Greg Lee and Tyrese John-Jules coming on in the 58th minute. I thought Greg Lee looked absolutely tremendous when he came on. Um, The thing I love about Lee is in sport, in all sports, you get guys that are just straight away, you look at them and go, he is a freakish athlete. There's some guys that just seem to be more powerful, quicker, Um, more athletic than everyone else around them. And that, for me, is Greg Lee. Plus, he's got the swagger about him as well. A couple of times, he was kind of slightly out of position, but he's got such confidence in his pace to get back. There was one time he he was, again, slightly behind the play, but he made a just literally turned on the afterburners and got at the back post to um, get him with a a clearing header, which was tremendous. Um, So he looked really good and and probably just slightly better than him, I would say, Tyrese John-Jules. Wasn't sure what to expect from him. For, what is he, 19, Stewie? You often refer to the dark arts of football. He's already got all that in his locker. <laughs> I was so impressed with some of the stuff he was doing. There was a time a ball bounced, him and a Bolton defender were both going for the same ball. It bounced in the air, and just as it came down, he gave it, the defender the slightest little nudge in the in the base of the back. Now, the referee saw it, but he's going to get away with that at some point, some games this season. Another one where he got wrapped up, and he caught the guy with his arms round him, and he just kind of locked onto those arms and made it look like he was being... He was being fouled and, and got a free kick from it. I thought he was absolutely fantastic, Stu. Um, what did you make of, of those two and, and the rest of the subs?
1: Yeah, and McKenna made it clear with his recruitment over the summer was having had a good look at what's required to be successful in League One. The Ipswich needed some more athleticism, physicality, dynamism. Now those two have got it in spades and you've, mm. you've just articulated that far better than than I can. They um Lee is so powerful and direct and you know, you talk about that confidence. When you go back to his signing picture, it was sort of, you know, chin back, chest mm. out. He's got he's you're right, he's got a bit of swagger about him. And um John Jewell's the same. I think he's 21 now, but he um this to hear the way that Sam Morsi and Kieran McKenna spoke about him in the in the pre-match on friday you can just tell he's he's made an impact an early impact at ipswich town morse was you know talking about this could be his breakthrough season his breakout season mckenna i think called in an immense talent mm. um highly thought of at arsenal few injuries have kind of held him back the uh, you know the first few loans of a young player can always be a little bit hit and miss louis barry's a prime example of that for ipswich last year but he just feels at 21 years of age this is his this could be the right club at the right time for, for Tyrese John-Jules to uh, to really step up. So those two, as I say, sort of Ipswich's left side functioned a lot better when when those two came on. So I'm sure we're going to have a, a debate now about um, who starts when Ipswich go to, to Forest Green on, on Saturday. They're certainly, uh, th- those are two positions, <coughs> left side and inside left forward, that, that are going to give McKenna a little bit of thinking to do.
0: Yeah, let's let's finish the, the rest of the subs chat. So then, uh, I think about 10 minutes later, roughly it was, um, Caden Jackson and Sonny Luco came on. I can only imagine being a, a League One defender in the sweltering heat. You get to 70 minutes and you look up and Caden Jackson, a fresh Caden Jackson, is trotting onto the pitch with Sonny Aluko, who's steeped in pedigree. Um, Rossi, what did you make of those two when they came on? Because Caden Jackson, again, his pace really stood out. He chased down the Bolton keeper one time, didn't he? Um, and also put a lot of a lot of uh, kind of threat to Santos, who I thought did well, actually, coping with, with Jackson's pace, um, given he'd already played 70 minutes. But what did you make of the subs?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, that Santos was a big boy. He, I was yeah. like, he came up really close and personal with at one stage, I think mean, he was collecting the ball and I was like, oh, this is a big boy. Um, but yeah, kind of Jackson, um, you know, 20 minutes to sort of really... Go out the hired Bolton defense, and I thought he did really well. Did, did he sort of set up more? Was he for his chance? Was Jackson who was part of that? No, or? it's
0: Wes Burns that set that up, but he was he definitely made himself a nuisance. And, yeah. and every time that the kind of ball was played into space, that there was a kind of murmur, wasn't there, of the crowd as Jackson sort of started to stretch his legs. As I say, I thought Santos, generally, given he already played 70 minutes, did pretty well to handle Caden Jackson, but there was certainly that one time where Jackson took the bolton keeper by surprise because of his pace. It literally chased him down. I think we've got a picture of him kind of blocking the, the attempted clearance. And Alucos you, I know you're a big fan of Sonia aluko but uh his touch is tremendous, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I thought Chaplin was actually just starting to find his groove a little bit when when he got subbed off, he was starting to channel that that energy a little bit more. There was the interplay was just starting to happen. So he would have probably been quite disappointed to come off then. But then mm-hmm. on comes Shawnee <laughs> and um, yeah, his his first touch is just it's just spot on, isn't it? He can sort of uh twist and turn his way out of the the, the tightest spots, and and Ipswich's game went up another level. I think ja- Jackson at one point raced away and set up, I think it was a cross, a low cross from the right that John Jules didn't quite get a good yeah. connection with in, in the box. That was one of, of several decent. Chances that they could open in the final third. And, and we've talked about Morsey's miss already. The one slight downside of this game, you know, we've talked about there was big question marks over set pieces from the back end of last season. We've started to see a few little answers to that. But are Ipswich ruthless enough? Are they clinical enough? Can they kill teams off when they're on top? And that little slight question mark is still there because um, they couldn't make that dominance count in, in the second half.
0: Mm. Shall we have a talk about the subs then generally as as, as an issue? Because obviously you can make five subs mm-hmm. this season. We said going into the season that we thought that would be good for Ipswich Town given their incredible strength in depth. Um, questions obviously have to be asked about Kieran McKenna leaving Rakeem Harper on the bench. The game was perfectly set up for a man to win the game. He had him on the bench, left him there. Not sure what Kieran's thinking. But there you go. Let's move on. Mark, um, as- Mark
1: I, I would say that the bigger <laughs> questions there are of Rakeem Harper being on the bench. If if I'm I'm being being brutally honest, I think that might have been a a slight sympathy um, selection there because I'm sorry, anyone who watched that South End game on the Tuesday building up to it and thought that Rakeem Harper played better than Cameron Humphreys would need their head check-in. And I just wonder if they've got it in their mind that Cameron Humphreys is going to go out on loan anyway. So what's the point in putting Rakeem Head's rakeem harper's head in the bin by having an 18 year old lad ahead of him on on the bench for the opening day if if you're going to send said 18 year old out on on loan in the in the coming weeks so um but yeah we'll we'll stick with that narrative mark yeah rakeem harper
0: (laughs) brutally overlooked cruelly denied a last minute winner uh by being left on the bench those very comfy seats to you we'll come to that in, in due course um but the subs as a whole like um it clearly, is going to be a massive thing for town, isn't it? Being able to bring those sort of quality players off the bench—it's got me thinking, Stu. There's a there's a position again. I know you hate American sports, but in in basketball, there's an actual award for the best substitute in a season called the Sixth Man Award—the person who doesn't start most of the games but is most important being brought off the bench. And I kind of feel like with these new five subs in football, that could almost become a position again in football—the man that comes off the bench at half time. Or, you know, 58 minutes like uh, the boys did on, on Saturday and turns the game. Because you look at what Town have got. You, you know, Caden Jackson, you would imagine, would be a contender for that sort of thing with his pace. Someone like Carl Edwards, who we didn't see at all on, in the squad on the bench on Saturday. Tyrese John Jewel, so although you imagine he's going to be starting at some point. Um, for me, Stu, this rule could be absolutely brilliant for Town. Yeah, it could be. I, I...
1: It's a tough sell to players to go. You're you're our impact sub. Yeah, I don't care who you are, uh, and some managers will be able to go. You're 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 more important than our starters. You know, we get games to a certain point, and you can come on and be our match winners. They want to start, and uh, and if you're, yeah. It... This this is the debate now, isn't it? Go, well, that actually certain players will be better holding them back to be substitutes or whatever. It's like if they're that good, if they're if they're one of your better players, then have them on the pitch for longer. And that's the the debate we're gonna get to. Obviously we hope if Ipswich um do okay in, in, in the cups, which which will be a, an unusual feeling. You know, the season can get towards sixty odd games and, and there'll come moments where the squad will have to get rotated and um and injuries will strike and things like that but um certainly the squad looks very healthy doesn't it when you look at the options for for every position there's two two for every position i think there were six players that didn't even make the 18 at the weekend one one being carl edwards another being kane vincent young so yeah uh, i think when we get to the sort of the depths of winter that those sort of options should should give it switch uh really should give it the chance to kind of uh, break out from,
0: from others. Mm. Carl Edwards' early shout could be Town's sixth man or twelfth man in terms of football of the season. Um, yes, Rossi? Continuous um,
2: chat on subs. That's why I put Sonny Luco as my MVP this year because I don't think he's going to start every week, but when he does come off the bench, he, you know, he was really classy, you know, some great touches. I think he's going to be that main man. Once again, I know... He's at the end of his career now, and he probably doesn't want to be coming off the bench. You know, we can. I'm sure he wants to start, but I think he's going to be that key man on that bench, coming on, and um, just add that little bit of creative sparks. So that's my my thinking behind him being MVP this year. There we go. Just explain that.
1: Um, Rossi- I, I don't. I don't think a substitute can be your most valuable player. <laughs> I would argue. I would argue against that. I don't think that's the definition
0: of most valuable player. But I'll. I take we'll see. Point. Let's see what happens. It's still, it's still only one game into the season. Rossi, the obvious, the obvious kind of debate around um, the subs after this game was, like Stu said, when Greg Lee and, and TJJ came on, they, looked, they gave town a real lift. And, and the argument is, I've seen it already on social media. Um, well, Lee needs to start next week. Tyrese John-Jules needs to start next week. Um, where do you stand on that? Because clearly, if you do that, you're then going to put your £1 million left back. You're going to say, right, sorry, friend. <laughs> but uh, you're on the bench after one game. And also, Marcus Harness, yeah, we signed you to be a bit of a star here, Marcus, but I'm afraid this lad, Tyrese John-Jules, he had a bit. Of, he had a better first game than you, so you're on the bench. Um, so, the, the, obviously, there's that kind of managerial, uh, man-management decision to be made, but where do you stand on, on that kind of debate? Uh, now,
2: hmm. um, Greg Lee is my boy. I like Greg Lee. Um, he yeah. played really well. I was impressed with him. A few of times where he just... He's so athletic in terms of, like, jumping up and headers. I was just like, I was just watching him in awe. like, wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's a weird one, really, because, yeah, we just spent, you know, a million pound plus, whatever, on Leif Davis. And i already thinking, oh, I'm going to drop him, bringing Greg Lee, who's just come on a free from Walkham. Um, And it is a a very interesting debate because, yeah, you're not really – I don't know, would you say – you're not really dropping these players, but you are, if you know what I mean, because it's the open data season. I don't think McKenna's probably got his starting line-up just yet sorted. Um, I think you wanted to see how Marcus Hardis and Leif Davis got on in the first game of the season. And then, as you said, he had, he had that plan out on the hour mark, replacing yeah. them. Um, it's a hard one. I'd probably bring in Greg Lee for the game against Forest Green. Um, I thought he did really well. I'm not saying we're dropping Leif Davis because he conceded the penalty and got he a yellow card. But I just thought Greg Lee did really well when he came on. I think he deserves the start. And John Jules did really well as well. So, Actually, you know what? We're dropping Harness and leaving, <laughs> um, and bringing in the two lads. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting one because yeah, what do you say to these players? You know, like, are we dropping you? But uh, I don't know.
0: We're going to have this debate a lot. I sense this season, and obviously, McKenna's talked about not really having a first team, as it were, and there being a lot of rotation going on. Stewie, where do you stand on this? Um, I know what I would do. Yeah, I'd I'd stick with them, and
1: I would have I'd stick with Davis and Harness because I think now you've made that decision to start them in the first game i think you've got got to go with them again i know there's a debate about you've got to reward yeah. players who do well um uh, personally i might i think the easier decision going into the first game would have been to say to those guys you, you know you davis in particular you've only just arrived mm. bide your time but I can see the logic behind just chucking them in at the deep end and, and getting them up to speed. But I think now once you've played them in the first game, I think you could maybe do more damage. We talked about a lot about Joe Piggott's kind of narrative being set in those first month or so last season. You don't want to get yourself into sort of a dangerous area there with, with Davis and Harness. And all, it just didn't, didn't quite happen for them. You know, mm-hmm. didn't play great in the first game. Then they dropped out. And then this, I think, you know, obviously, there's a League Cup game coming up against Colchester. That that will probably be the chance for for Lee or, or John Jules to to get in. And look, if they keep performing the, the way they did on on Saturday, then there might come a point where it becomes impossible to overlook them. But um, to do it after one game, I think could be more damaging. Um,
0: yeah, I think I would I would lean slightly towards your side of the fence, Dewey. I can definitely see the argument. My instinct was. Start them, start them both at Forest Green. But I think, given everything we've just discussed, the, the potential damage to you know players we brought in to be an important part of the side to drop and it would be dropping them, um, after one game to be replaced. I think was probably a little bit too much. Uh, but I do think Greg Lee, especially, I think at some point in this season, he's going to be forcing his way into the side if he continues <coughs> to play the way he plays.
1: Rumour has it that, um, the statue is
0: being prepared. I think
1: the the cheaper option I was thinking about this is um, maybe we'll just get some sort of dreadlock sort of extension put on the Kevin Beatty one. There'll come a stage where we'll we'll just
0: convert that one into into Greg Lee and be done with it. Absolutely. Why not? But yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can't, I can't really repeat again how much I like Greg Lee and how, how much on a field of professional athletes he stands out as a, as a kind of freak standalone athlete. Um, well done you for not going down a nickname route as well.
1: That's taken. I know that's taken a lot of discipline to, yeah. to not curse him with, with a nickname. So well
0: done. I'm really trying hard, boys, not to give people that I like a nickname and and curse them and, and afflict them with you know, the kind of careers at Town that other people I've, I've given nicknames have. Rakeem the Dream obviously is going to come back from that um, and will prove himself to be the Dream. Right, and that's the subs chat. Rossi, um, Stewie, I want to know other other takeaways from the game. Who else stood out for you and who may be in terms of concerns? We've, this has been quite a positive podcast, Stewie, but as you pointed out, Town didn't win a game. A game they should have won. Um, they had plenty of chances and that old kind of nagging, have we got the kind of finishing prowess that we need to if we're going to really be up there. You could you could argue it's a valid question. So, um, who else stood out for you, Stuart? And uh, maybe what are the concerns, if any, do you have?
1: Yeah, that that sort of clinical, ruthless, cutting edge is probably the the, the main sort of concern that's um, kind of rolled on from from the back end of last season, from from that ninety minutes. O- overall, like, I think the good outweighed the bad. I think that's a that's a decent start. I think Bolton. As I said in the prediction thing, we'll, I've got them in my top two. I think they'll 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 be up there. Um, game that they should have won, a game that they could have lost as well. So a draw is not, not the end of the world. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know. Is there, any, is there anyone else that we, we need to mention, do you think, in terms of performances? I'd quite like to shout out Genoi Danassian. We know he's Mr. Consistent, Mr. 7 out of 10. But going into this game, obviously... I was pretty concerned about Alpha Lion, It was um, absolutely tore town apart in the reverse fixture last season, that 5-2. And obviously he's on uh, Genoi's side. Um, And again, I was slightly concerned about the impact that would have on Burns' ability to get forward. And Burns had a pretty quiet game, but I don't think it was because of Dapha Lion, because one-on-one, Genoi Dinasian is a a superb defender, isn't he? There was was that quote about you'll never get past Genoi Dinasian or there was something to that effect. Stewie, I know we've said on here before, mm. um, and I thought he did really well in a kind of unsung way. Um, would it be harsh of me, Stu and Ross, to be slightly concerned at times about a bit of laxadaisical, kind of relaxed defending from Wolfenden and Edmonton? A couple of times, both of them were kind of caught in, posi- in possession, um, which on another day could have ended in, in quite embarrassing goals being conceded or certainly chances being created.
2: That's, I think that's like, it's just part of Wolfie's game, and it? He's very laid hmm. back. Um, and of course, Bolton did, and I know you guys use that a lot, smothered. That was the key word on Saturday. And uh, Bolton did smother our defence in the first 20 minutes or so. A lot of good blocks from JD. Um, but I think Wolfie, that's his, that's his style of play. He's a bit laid back and he does sometimes, some passes do good you know get blocked and you go oh god here we go there on attack emerson's same. emerson of course this is his first competitive game back after you know that injury got mm. um but yeah sometimes i do get concerned. sometimes why well, don't i like playing from the back sometimes i watch it all the time and even bolton that you know their goalie trafford was playing from the back and then we actually got the ball and we were on attack and sometimes i think "Oh, that's why i don't like that sometimes sometimes we just do it just for the pretty style of football but sometimes i think you just just Whack up field or do a nice ping block, burns to burns or something. Um, but yeah, some I wouldn't say I'm concerned about it because that's just their game and that's how we're going to be playing on McKenna. Um, but sometimes it's just neat passes for the sake of it. Sometimes I feel, Stewie, any, anything on that? I think,
1: uh, yeah, I guess the, the w- Wolfen didn't that moment, didn't he, where he, he, he nearly got caught sort of trying to stroll out from the back, which you know, we saw that in pre season as well, which which led to a goal. Maybe teams could sort of wise up and, and really sort of put, put pressure on him a little bit, knowing his style. Um, Edmondson, I think Ross is right. I think that's just a bit of understandable rust. I mean, that was a really bad ankle injury he got in, in March time. He's, he's not mm. long been back. Um, had a good chat with Mick Mills afterwards, who obviously does the uh, co for for Radio Suffolk. And he's been saying for a long time that he's not sure that Edmondson is particularly suited to that left side of a, of a back three role that, that adds to, we've talked a lot about the left side today and how that improved with um, Lee and uh, John Jules coming on down that side, but he feels that sort of Edmondson being a, a right footer on the, the left side of a back three doesn't particularly help that sort of imbalanced look of, of the side, um, which is interesting. But um, I think that was just a little bit of, a bit of rust from, from George Edmondson, but um I mean, yeah, as I said earlier on, Ipswich didn't concede loads of chances to Bolton. Their only shot on target was was the penalty. So hopefully this is a good foundation. I think, as always, we'll, we'll look on this as to whether it's a solid point or a missed opportunity. We'll, we'll all be dependent on what, what comes in the next few weeks, and
0: particularly at Forest Green this Saturday. Hmm. Any other notes, boys, before we move on to other stuff from the game? I I do want to say as well, we talked about set pieces and obviously routines being put in, plays, as you might call them. Ross has left. He's had enough. Um, But there was a, at the start of the second half, it was kind of a routine. I don't know if you can remember this. It it kind of, there was a bit of a a play, I'd call it, with my American sports background, that released Harness. It was a bit of a deceptive bit of play. And he was then clearly meant to play the ball onto, I think it was Ladapo, um, it didn't quite come off, but it intrigued me because normally the ball gets played back and you just hoof it forward, don't you, from a from a kickoff. off um, So, again, it, I was quite encouraged to see little bits like that, little bits yeah, of trickery. I
1: just, I just thought their intensity and their fitness levels looked really good for the first game of the season to finish so strongly. And we talked about yeah. that being a theme of pre-season, that in general, Ipswich... Sort of went up a gear in in the second mm-hmm. half, um, which was good. I mean, it was Morsey was epitomised that. I thought he was, I mean, take the, the miss obviously sort of blotted his copybook at the end. But other than that, I thought he was exemplary. He was, he was here, there, everywhere, winning the ball back, playing forwards, playing in Bolton's half. Um, you know, he'd win a free kick and you know, spot it and take it quickly. And that's I think this is where it switches strength is going to lie from keeping the ball in play. McKenna talks a lot about Ipswich are at their best when the ball is in play and they just they just keep sort of uh, overwhelm the opposition by just keeping the ball eventually. Um, whereas the first half was very bitty. It was stop-start. It was mm. in and out of play. And that those are the sort of games that aren't going to suit Ipswich. So, yeah, in, in, encouraged by the way they mm. finished. I, I guess in terms of on a personal note, just mention Lee Evans. Um I know he continues to split opinion, um, but I think he's a really un, unsung role in, in this team. Um, I, thought he, I thought he just moved the ball really well. And considering he's only just back from injury, we talked about Edmondson looking rusty. I thought Evans has has, has uh, made a really good really good
0: start. Yeah, he, he was the player after the game. And you could see, I mean, obviously he wasn't massively over-emotional, but you could see how much it meant to him to have, that game, get a goal. He said, uh, you know, I've missed, I've really missed days like this. Um, uh, Very sincere. Uh, And yeah, it it clearly meant quite a lot to him, what happened on Saturday. Rossi, any other notes from the game?
2: Well, I'll move my mic. Um, I know we, you know, this is Hutch's ball game and I know he'll probably do a feature on this and a piece, but um, of course, squad numbers, we found out who's got what. Um, Of course, Connor Chapman's got number 10, um, which is, I think, ideal for him. Um, uh, Leif Davis, number three, of course. Um, but yeah, just squad numbers. I know there's a few squad numbers fans out there. Um, we were yeah.
1: so close to the perfect one to eleven. Yeah. What a throwback that would be. There's Janoy Danasian wearing 44 because his favourite <laughs> number four. You could have had two, Janoy. It was free. It remains vacant. If he'd have taken that, we'd have had one one to eleven. Which. Um,
0: you don't see much nowadays, do you? I feel like, well, personally, me especially, but as as a three, grossly underqualified to talk about squad numbers because the, the, the true expert isn't here. Um and when he gets back, he's gonna really break it down. Obviously, Stu, the other talking point, eighteen remains unclaimed. So
1: it does. I wonder yeah, I wonder if uh it was being used a bit in pre-season, wasn't it? I wonder uh, if they if they kind of suddenly clocked that, the importance to McCauley. We'll just, maybe, uh, maybe maybe other players just didn't want it. Maybe they felt it was disrespectful.
0: Um, exactly. I don't know. We'll, we'll keep that going. Um, well then, boys, that's the game then. Ipswich Town season is up and running. A point at home to Bolton Wanderers on opening day. game. they probably should have won, but hey, they didn't lose. Uh, and generally, I think there's quite a lot more positives and negatives to take from the game. Obviously, also, everyone else in League 1 got up and running on Saturday, boys. And I thought... By way of just uh, uh, rounding off this podcast, we'll look at some of the other results because there were were some eye-catchers, I would say. Um, Derby County beat Oxford at home 1-0 in front of 31,000 fans at Pride Park. Connor Horahain, formerly of this parish, got the goal. Um, Cambridge, Rossi, your dark horse. They started by beating MK Dons at home 1-0. Very interesting. Forest Green, the next uh, opposition for town. They had a good result, winning at at Bristol Rovers on opening day 2-1. And obviously the game of the day was at, was at um, Hillsborough. Sheffield Wednesday three, Portsmouth three. Um, Joe Piggott played 88 minutes and got an assist in that game. Um, anything that caught your eyes, boys, in terms of results? I know we're very much focused on Ipswich Town, but clearly um, there's always going to be interest elsewhere.
2: Oh, far away, Stu. Um Peterborough, they were 2-0 down against Cheltenham and uh, they went on to win 3-2 <coughs> and... Um, Johnson Clark-Harris, of course, um, on the score sheet for them, uh, I think twice. And um, Jack Marriott as well. I forgot Jack Marriott was there. So, he'll be going <laughs> up against town. Um, but that is a standout because, yeah, they were 2-0 down um, against Chatham and then for them to come back. So, that could be a thing. And uh, Charlton as well. And Aquiton, that was another feisty game, a 2-2 draw. Uh, two late goals to get a draw. Scott Fraser was on the score sheet. Apparently, he's uh, looks like, looking like a... Got phrase of NK old, NK um, Don's of old. So
0: uh, yeah, interesting. We'll see. I see Barnsley got beat as well at Plymouth um, in their first game back in the third tier. you anything else to mention on on those? Did it you, pique your interest? Any of those results?
1: I see. There's been a lot of talk about Piggott and Colby Bishop hitting it off from the start mm. for, for Portsmouth. They do intrigue me this year, um, especially with Dane Scarlett coming in and being being added to that. There was a stage where they didn't have any strikers, but they've to put together a decent little forward unit for, for League One. Yeah, um, yeah it's, early, it's early days, isn't it? As we all know, the table doesn't take shape <laughs> until, what, what do
0: we say officially, 10, 10 games in? Is it 10 games? I don't know. We, we change that every season, depending on how town are <laughs> <they're> doing. <laughs> uh, certainly after four games, town will not be in the bottom half. As you know, I've already said that. Um, of course. Absolutely. Right then, friends. by way of starting to roll towards the inevitable outro um, a couple of things to tease uh, if you've not consumed them go back and do so me and Stu were afforded a peek behind the curtain at Portman Road on Thursday uh really good access um we had there Stu it was really good wasn't it to go into the tunnel area see those new murals sit in those really comfy new seats um that McKenna and the subs and the rest of the team have got uh, and I see various other things that the the advertising um digital advertising boards uh, and the big screen what did where we were uh rossi we could not see the big screen we're right up in the in the in the stand we're blocked off by the roof of the stand so we can't see the big screen at all and i've noted some moans about it saying for a big screen it's rather diminutive uh, and i couldn't really read anything that was on there did from pitch side what was your what was your take on it
2: i've done it again um it wasn't too bad because like, of course I got my big lens so I zoomed in so I could see it but in terms of you know the this you know the time the the team you could not really see it from say the north stand end but of course when you're close and personal you can see it very well and yeah it's just one of those things I don't think they can make the font any bigger can they I don't know just, I don't know uh, it's just one of those things if you're close to it you can see it if you're far back you just can't see it but uh I think it's a nice you know a nice nice extra addition to, to the ground of course because uh just see the t- line up there and everything and they show some of the highlights of the goals which is good um they didn't interview with Carl Edwards at half time mm. um but yeah just nice addition i love the hoardings as well the advertising hoardings it just you know we said this already when it's under lights that's gonna look amazing
0: i think there are things like that like the, the 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 um the digital advertised boarding it's just something you expect to see now a kind of top level club isn't it so to see it at portman road i thought was was really good stew we got a free pint as well on thursday which i think was probably the highlight of the build-up to the season for me uh they poured us one of the san miguel pints in the in the new uh, recyclable pint cups they've got plastic free trying to cut single-use plastics very very uh laudable um and we had a sip for the camera didn't we stew uh and then kind of sheepishly kind of put it like this and they went no you got to finish it and we we're like oh what really really oh, all right then if we have to um, what did you make of that little peek behind the curtain? It's, it's on YouTube now. If you've not seen it, go back and watch it. Because obviously, although we were involved in it, I would say it's worth watching.
1: Let's be honest. When you heard Sam McGill was on tap, that that was basically the, the reason behind asking to do that whole that video, was, wasn't it? Said, it was a whole that, charade to get a free pint.
0: That final shot was essentially the, the, whole, <laughs> the whole motivating behind that video. Uh, so fortunately it came to fruition and uh, they were quite happy for us to polish off the pint which is lovely there's a, there was a That's moment it. on Thursday as we're walking down the side of the Portland Road pitch to go and sit in Kieran McKenna's new chairs with half a pint of San Miguel in our hands i thought this job is nonsense this is unbelievable we're getting <laughs> we're getting paid for this you know like people would actually pay for this for this kind of opportunity and um, we we're, we're getting paid it's brilliant anyway uh, and the other thing i want to i want to tease Rossi, is as a new feature which was started Quite uh, I would say haphazardly on Saturday. Um, what we're we calling it, Kings of Anglia keepy ups. Challenge, something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially the idea is we'll do it at every home game in the fan zone. Um, Rossi will be wandering around with a ball, which he'd stolen from someone. Um, <laughs> and we, we're gonna ask people to do keepy ups. It's the most continuous keepy ups you can do in 30 seconds. Um, and we're gonna keep a track across all the all the season and then end hopefully with a final with the top three or four people who've um, performed throughout the season. And a winner of that will get a an Ipswich Town shirt with the number of keepy-ups they manage uh, on the back. Just a little fun thing we're bringing in um, this season. So if you do see Ross wandering around in the fan zone um, with a ball and you want to get involved, grab him. I think the uh, the leader in the clubhouse so far is 19, isn't it, Rossi?
2: Yeah. Um, I forgot the person's name, but props to you. Um your, your, the video will be out today, on Monday, so look out for that. And uh, yeah, we've got a leading man so far. There's one guy, got seven and a half. I gave him the half because he sort of hit him, then it didn't... Yeah, it's one of those.
0: Yeah, it doesn't look like he's going to be a contention. But definitely, uh, if you want to get involved in that, just, just grab Rossi or message Rossi and let him know. The more the merrier in terms of that. Just a little fun thing we're doing this season. Shuri, anything else to mention? Any other business before we take our leave? 55 minutes of podcast gold, it's been to this point.
1: Uh, no other business. No, I think there's. Uh, we'll, we'll do a preview, and we oh, Ross is gone. He's had enough. <laughs> no, no other business. Oh, there oh, he is.
0: Right, Here we go. There we go. Go on then. Go on then, Rossi. For for those of you uh, listening only on audio, Ross has been given. There he is. He's got a giraffe. Ross has been given his own bib this season. It, it's pink, and there's there's a number on it. Rossi, what is that number? 007 boy. Bond, <laughs> the, Suffolk, the Suffolk Bond. <laughs> from from switch with Love. Um, yeah. So Ross is is now James Bond, which I Thanks. you know, I think we can have quite a lot of fun with. If more Johnny pho-
1: English than James Bond, I think.
0: <laughs> those Photoshoppers out there among the koa army. Um <laughs> on you go because we've got we've now we've got Ross, James Bond. There's all sorts of manner of possibilities there, uh, Patrick Palmer and others, if you want to get involved. Um I really do like the idea of of Ross as, as James Bond. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's sort of... again the, the <laughs> lack the
1: lack of being able to drive is really going to hold you back as James Bond. <laughs> you, Ross?
0: Casino Royale wouldn't have quite that same kind of epic car chase, would it? If Ross is on a bus, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> or on his phone trying to get Liam to give him a lift. Yeah. Uh, Liam, I've got to chase this international. You can criminal. just pr-
1: you can just press the gadgets.
0: <laughs> yeah. What, what's the cuddly toy giraffe about as well? Can it's I ask? he's bo- a Bond villain, isn't it? I think that's yeah. is that what you're being? You've obviously it? not got. You've obviously not. Got oh, a cat. Okay. Oh, I see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there we go. Any anything you want to say on, on on Ross being James Bond theme, please do get involved, especially with pictures because I think it's something we can have a lot of fun with this season. Right <laughs> well then friends, uh Ipswich Town season is up and running. They didn't lose, they didn't win, but there was a lot of positives to take from their first day at Portman Road. Please support our sponsors, uh, Manscaped. Manscape use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery on all excellent clobber. Stewie, you are now off on holiday. You've obviously been using that code to buy yourself various trimmers uh, because you're going to hit the beach uh, in the coming days and weeks. So I can only assume you are entirely bald. Uh, and the only facial hair you have on your body now is your eyebrows and your slight, quite attractive stubble. If you don't mind me saying, um, no other business. No. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us across all our social media as well. Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And with that, I shall bid you adieu. The first podcast of the season is in the books. Hope you have a great start to the week and we'll be back later on this week to speak to you again. From true
2: crime to football, Brexit to hopeful, more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archon.